welcome to another episode of Motherhood in Black and White. I'm Kanji. I'm Tara. And as always, thank you for joining us and welcome to the conversation. If you're joining us from the future, know that this episode is being recorded on Labor Day weekend. And what better thing to do, Tara, than to share our labor and delivery stories. It goes together perfectly. It does. It makes it seem so we have a theme weekend, labor and delivery yes, this weekend. Yes, that's right. Over Thanksgiving, we got to do an episode, things we're thankful for. That's good for everybody to do. Yep. Christmas, the gift that keeps on giving, maybe the gift of our kids. Look at you just planning ahead. Yeah, I'm a planner. You're an idea machine. You like that? I do. <laughs> good. Makes it easy for me. <laughs> relationship you have to have someone who is the planner strengths and weaknesses yes. that is your strength and what's your strength i don't know yet i have a really great laugh you have the best laugh <laughs> i bring I the laughter laugh. when i hear your laugh it makes me laugh and that's what i love about it it's contagious it's very contagious but we, you know we've been talking about covid being too contagious that's the contagion we don't want that's in right this life the that's contagion right. you do want fam is you want tara's laugh so maybe we isolate that mr podcast Cast producer, so we can just put it on repeat so you can hear Tara laugh at anything she does. <laughs> I love Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou is one of my favorite poets of all time, and I find that some of her poems speak to my soul, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I've been listening to a lot of and reading a lot of inspirational folks, their thoughts, their words. And one of Maya Angelou's poems about labor and delivery and motherhood resonated with me. She wrote, let choice whisper in your ear and love murmur in your heart. Be ready. Here comes life. Mm, I love that. Isn't that beautiful? But I wasn't ready. (laughs) You were ready? I was not ready when my son decided to come into the world. Were you ready? I was ready. Anybody that knew me at that time would totally vouch for the fact that I was really miserable that last month. I was ready. Did you go full term with Gage? No, actually, he showed up uh, about a week and a half early. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. I was actually scheduled to be induced about a week early, and he showed up the day before the scheduled induction by himself. Really? Mm-hmm. And he's just been going, just picking his own way the whole time. His from day schedule. one, he was like on me. Was Jason with you when you had Gage? He was. Yeah, he was with me. It was. Uh, it was really funny. I'd gone to the doctor on Monday. And the doctor was like, oh, things are actually happening for you. So by Wednesday, you should be good. And then I went to bed Monday night and woke up about two hours later, sharp pain, water broke. Let's go to the hospital. How long were you in labor? I was in labor about, see, that was midnight. He was born at 10 a.m. So just under 12 hours, I guess, eight, 10 hours. Okay. Not too bad. Not Not too bad. bad. I did about, uh, was it a centimeter an hour for a while and then, uh, you know, pushed for... I think maybe an hour. It was pretty straightforward. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of crazy happening. My epidural, I got my epidural. As soon as I got to the hospital, I was like, yep, let's do that. That's good. And then, first up, <laughs> yeah, oh, whatever we need to do, let's get that happening. And, uh, and it had kind of worn off a little bit by the end. So I felt a whole lot of the last 30 minutes of it. A lot of people say that you forget the pain of delivery once you hold the child uh-huh. in your arms. Uh-huh. They lie. They lie. Those people- I, I have a very visceral memory of that. That last moment before he finally got out. <laughs> I remember exactly how that felt. <laughs> it escalated quickly. <laughs> Beth Moore wrote that the purpose exceeds the pain, and I still don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> 
so like you, I had a very quick delivery. And I know I told you a few weeks ago when we were thinking about how we were going to plan a labor and delivery episode. Yeah. I told you that I had a precipitous labor. Which I Googled. And I had to Google it I as well know what that after meant. I had it. I did not know what I was a like, is that dangerous? Is. It can be a little bit dangerous. So Roman was due on Groundhog's Day. He okay. was due on February 2nd. And on the evening of January 18th, I went to bed, I fell asleep on the couch, and my husband had fallen asleep up in the room. He usually left the house about 5.30 a.m. to go to work. Uh And at this time, even though it was a few weeks before I was scheduled to have Roman, I had taken off from work already. I'd started my maternity leave. And about four in the morning, I wake up. And I felt a little something. I was like, oh, maybe that's a contraction. Right. Didn't know. It wasn't a contraction. I went to the bathroom and I called my mom because we've already established you were never too old to call your mom. Right. I said, mom, how do I know if I'm in labor? She said, oh, trust, you will know. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm feeling fine. I went up and I woke my husband up and said, hey, just so you know, something's not feeling right in yeah. my body. He said, are you in labor? And I said, I don't know, but let's go ahead and go to the hospital anyway. Yeah. As we get in the car, I call the messenger service for the doctor's office and the doctor calls me back and she said, how far apart are your contractions? Mm. I said, I don't think I'm having contractions, uh-huh. but I think I am. And she said, this is your first baby and you were just <laughs> overreacting. I just saw you a couple days ago and you're not in labor. Yeah. You weren't effaced. You were probably a good few weeks away from being in labor. I said, uh-huh. I don't know, something's just not feeling right. And so the whisper in my head was, just keep going to the hospital. Yeah. And we lived in northern New Jersey. Our hospital was in New York. I told you guys before that Romeo was born on Martin Luther King Day holiday. Right. So this is Sunday night going into Monday morning. It's about 4.30 in the morning. As we're driving through Manhattan, I start wailing. Oh, Because gosh. at that point, I was in full-blown You're like, labor. this is it. This is it. This is less There's than no 20 question. minutes. There was no question. When I said, oh, when my mom said, you'll know, yeah. oh, trust. Oh, I, I knew. Know. Yeah. <laughs> it got real hot. We rolled down the windows. Wow. And my husband and I are in our SUV. And we're, I'm screaming out the window. And people probably thought I had been kidnapped. Oh, man. Because a lot of folks were leaving the clubs, nightclubs. It was a little after four in the morning. And I just have my head out the window. Just drive, drive. <laughs> we got to the hospital close to 5 a.m. And the nurse was like, oh, you're eight centimeters dilated. I said, well, oh like, my God. like you, Tara, yeah. I wanted an epidural. And she said, yeah. ma'am, you're too late. That's I not said, happening. oh no, I'm, I'm just going to hold my breath. I'm going to hold this baby in. <laughs> I will do whatever it takes. I will wait. I will wait. Somebody and knock me out. <laughs> they called the doctor and uh, the doctor didn't make it in time. So a precipitous labor is when you have a labor that takes place under two hours. Oh my so God. from the time... I had my first contraction to uh-huh. the time Roman was born. It was less than an hour. Oh, my minutes. God. If I had ignored that whisper in the voice in my head yeah. and my doctor's voice, uh-huh. and I had gone back to sleep and just ignored it, Roman would have been born on my couch. He would have oh, been born man. in the living room. And my husband probably would have been on the way to work. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been on the couch. He'd be like, listen, um, this is done. <laughs> it, was, it was over. So it was over by the time the doctor got to the hospital. My husband and a nurse delivered the baby because wow. they looked and they said, this baby's not waiting. He is ready to come. Yeah. And after he had been born and he was clean, we called my mom and my mom was like, are you having a contraction yet? My husband said, 
he's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's done. It's done. It's done. And that's when my mom was faced with the decision of being a good grandmother. She was on her way to D.C. for Obama's inauguration. Oh, yeah, that's right. We talked about that. And I said, Mom, are you going to come up and meet your grandson? And she said, well, no. <laughs> Listen. I am going <laughs> to the inauguration. I have my tickets. He's going to be there tomorrow. The it's- it is the right thing to do. Okay. <laughs> said, wow, thanks a lot, Mom. Appreciate that. So the doctor came to the hospital to perform the circumcision and she looked at me and she said, you were right. Uh, Yeah, that was labor. That was labor. And she said, in the 17 years I've been practicing, I have never missed a birth. Wow. So I'm an original. I'm the OG. Wow. You know, what's funny about that is that um, what was a little interesting about mine is that my doctor was scheduled for surgery that morning. And so he came in to check on me and I was still laboring and he's like, he told my nurse, like, hey, I'm in surgery till like 10 o'clock, you know, and she's like, okay. And so I think she was trying to like keep things at bay so that he could be there. Yeah. And finally, at one point, she was like, uh, he's he's not going to make it. I'm going to call his partner to come. And so because you're just there with the nurse for all the time, like you didn't have the experience. But when you're there in L&D just laboring, it's just you, your spouse and the nurse. And uh, finally, she's like, okay, I'm going to call his partner to come. <laughs> and uh the second doctor, and I knew him, I'd seen him before. He walked in and was putting on like the little coat and it was time. It was time. And, and they were, she was like, okay, you're going to push. And I go, okay. And just as I, I started to do it and the doctor was like, wait, wait, wait. And it was too late. Like, <laughs> like one push and he I was in the doctor's was, You said push. I can't wait. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. My, my husband didn't even have a chance to put on a coat. Wow. Because he was wearing a suit jacket because he was dressed to go to work. Mm-hmm. We didn't think that we this were going to have a baby that day. Yeah. And the nurse looked at him and said, take off your jacket and wash your hands. I said, this is not the way we planned it. I planned it to have <sighs> mellow music on the iPod. I got a, I got a playlist. I, I got candles. Come he was on. supposed to be looking me in my right. eye. We were going to say some prayers. We were going to be holding stuff. hands and that didn't happen. He was, he was not looking me in my that eye. That is crazy. the baby was born. I can't believe that was an hour. Man, Do you? are you glad sometimes when you hear crazy stories about long, long labors, you're like, you know what? Maybe an hour is not too bad. Yeah. I, I, I planned always on having an epidural. Like uh-huh. that was my birth. My birth plan was Prince music playing, mm-hmm. husband holding my hand, looking in my eye mm-hmm. and epidural right. because this was my thought. I said when I was much, much younger, I m- had done less drugs <laughs> for a reason other than pushing a baby out of my vagina. So, so why would it? So why you? wouldn't I? I was my like, there was less was, reasons for me to use God drugs. God gave while I was us in these drugs so for this yes, reason. I was in Manhattan. And I was paying a lot of money yeah. to be at that hospital, and so when they were not able to get the anesthesiologist to my room in time, wow. I, I wasn't happy. But looking back on it. Uh, my recovery was so quick. I yeah. mean, a few hours later, I was sitting in the hospital like, okay, I feel good. There was yeah. no stitches, nothing. And I was so fortunate. When we got to the hospital, my husband turned on his iPhone to listen to the baby's heartbeat. Uh-huh. And because he had turned on his phone to listen to the baby's heartbeat, yeah. he got the entire delivery oh, wow. recorded. Fresh, huh? Okay, 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 okay. Okay. You're a strong girl. Take 
taking breath in, look him up, and push down, yeah, push, push. And he always says to me that when my son gets to be a teenager, he's going to play that for You screaming in the car all the way? (laughs) Me just screaming, because the sounds that came from my throat are things I have never heard replicated ever. Wow. Ever again. But I think the funny thing about listening to labor and delivery stories is it's what unites all of us as moms. Right. Everyone has her own unique story because there's no one way to do labor. And the one thing that we know is if you make plans, your child or some situation is going to come and change those plans. It's not going to happen. I know. And we have a couple of ladies that are going to be joining us to tell us their labor stories. And so I am thrilled to have our third angel. It's kind of like a Charlie's Angel thing. Yeah. The first guest I have is another friend of ours from the cycling studio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, another one of nice. my 5.30 a.m. angels nice. who's coming to share one of her birth stories. Joining us in a couple of seconds is going to be Dominique. So Dominique is now the mom of two, and she is proof that each labor and delivery story is unique. She married her high school sweetheart, and together they are raising L who just started ninth grade, and Graham, who is in the fifth grade. They are originally from Louisiana. Dominique's personality is as fierce and as fabulous as you would expect someone from Louisiana to be. She is just straight fire and very (laughs) funny. And I would love for her to come on and tell one of her two labor stories. So Dominique, welcome to the conversation, friend. Oh, my goodness. Thanks for having me. We are honored that you chose to be with us this evening. I miss you. I miss you, too. So we were saying that the three of us used to kind of hang out at 5 a.m. in a cycling studio showing the rest of the world that we really are crazy. That's right. That's true. Like the world needed more proof. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's evident all the time, right? (laughs) (laughs) So we're glad that you're here to join us. We love that all of us have boys that are in the similar age range, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So how old is Graham now? He's 10. He is 10. And how is the school year going for him? It's going really well, as best as it can be. So Graham's pretty excited about being back online. He's an extrovert, so he loves seeing his friends and his teachers on the computer. So it's going going the best we could hope for. Are they going back next week with everyone else? Yes, yes. So the high school is going to be hybrid, which I really like. So it'll only be two days a week. I think that's fantastic. And then face-to-face for five days starting next week. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. Our our school is saying it's going to be like 50% are coming back and 50% are staying home. So it's actually a really nice split for our school. Yeah, yeah, ours about the same. So we'll we'll see, you know, and just I've learned a lot about myself and letting go. Yeah, you letting say you go. Letting go right. of what? What are some of the things you're willing to let go of right now, Dom? Planning. <laughs> Isn't that what we learned in 2020 to let go of any sort of planning? Any plans. <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah. And also, Tara and I were talking about it earlier, labor and delivery. Well, that's something we learned is don't make the plans because the plans of having your labor and delivery going a certain way can go astray by life. Now, share with us your first delivery. Did it go according to plan? I don't think any goes to plan, but uh, I, I would say as best it could. I Definitely, it's been 14 years. And back then I was more of a type A, you know, true personality of planning and making sure I knew everything. But I did also know enough about myself to just kind of go with the flow on it. So I had gone almost two weeks past my due date. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) No, thank you. Exactly. Exactly. So it kind of started off not going to plan. Wow. (laughs) Right from the beginning. But I think it's really important. You know, I knew we were going to talk about this. And so there were three things that I thought about for both uh, L and D's, which is, you know, you have to educate you have to advocate and then appreciate through the entire process. And I think that's the only way you can attempt to stay sane. When you talk about appreciation. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think that we have to appreciate is the fact that our spouses were present for our labors and delivery. That's right. And your spouse made sure that everyone knew he was in the labor <laughs> and delivery room with your the birth of your son. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about how that went. Yes. I met my husband back in high school. So we've known each other more than half of our lives. He is my best friend. Aww. And I think when things are outside of his control, especially when it comes to me or now our children, yeah. he stops breathing. And <laughs> because he can't control the situation. And there we were ready. This was a C-section for the second one. And we're ready to go. The doctor's like, yep, everything's green light. We're prepped. And I'm not sure what he saw because, you know, you have the, the drape up. So I didn't see anything. And I was feeling fantastic. <laughs> Some good drugs. Some good drugs. Oh, the good drugs you and Tara had. <laughs> I was good to go. And he just turned white as the sheet and and fell to the ground <gasps> and everyone in the room everyone leaves me and rushes over to him oh no <laughs> as he's laying on the ground because he passed out he just fainted and i think it was just the reality of the situation was hitting him and you know, what was just about to happen. And it was just, it was, it's overwhelming. I mean, I might've passed out too, but again, I felt fine. But you were (laughs) delivering a baby and bringing life into this world. Now listen, listen, I'm not going to let him off that easy because your husband is one of my favorite people in this world. Yes. He owes you a huge push present for that one because he just took all of the accolades. He took all of the attention, stole your thunder. That was your time to shine. That was right. And he was like, I'm just going to close my eyes, hold my breath and pass out on the floor. Till- <laughs> when a woman is having a baby pulled out of her, she shouldn't have to ask if her spouse is okay. Right. <laughs> but, we, but he is okay, right? Yeah, he sat up, he gets back on the game, a little orange juice. And then I just look over at him like, you all right? <laughs> yeah, right? Y'all right? Y'all right? Because I got some business to handle here. I need to bring your son into this world. Yeah, it was funny. I told him, I said, Tanchi was asking about the story and I, I said about you passing out. And then I completely forgot because then he said, Oh, which time? Because he passed out at the first one, too. <laughs> no. He did. I was going to ask. I'm like, he'd seen a C-section before. Yeah. What was the deal? So he did it both times. He did. <laughs> he like, I, just, I just have to sit down and rest for a bit. 
I'll just hold the bag right here. <laughs> He's just sitting there holding the bag. He's a trooper. That's the only thing I can give him a hard time about. <laughs> other than that, so thankful to have him by my side. So he didn't hit his head. Didn't have to get stitches. No. He just stood back up and got back in the game. Back up, back in the game, ready to go. Wow. Sounds a little suspect to me. But <laughs> if you believe that he really passed out, you know, that's that's your husband you chose. <laughs> but no. Well, Dominique, listen, we wanted to have you on because I love your story. I love your heart. You also are an advocate, a fierce advocate for uh, social justice issues and racial equity issues. And you yes. have spoken with us as a presenter on our anti-racism advocacy group that both Tara and I are directors of. You came on and you spoke a little bit about how important having kids grow up in a diverse community and society is to you. And before we let you go and bring on another guest to share her story, I just wanted to you know, thank you for, for your solidarity. And also, if you wouldn't mind just sharing with, with our family why racial awareness and the celebration of diversity is so important to you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's so important to me because it's the world I want to live in. I know my world is richer when I have more diversity in it. It's the same, if anything, in your life. Food. You know I love food. Don't we all? Diversity of food. Who doesn't want diversity of food? Who doesn't want a diverse portfolio of finances? So your life will be richer when you have people in it who are more diverse, who are different than you. Because what you'll find is, yes, there are differences, but there's more commonalities. I have found more things in common with people who maybe on the surface look different than I do. But when I find those treasures in my life and hold them close, I know that there's so much more that we can do and be and give to each other if we just welcome diversity into our homes, into our lives, and share that diversity, share our cultures with each other. And you will be a better person for well, it. Well, I'm the better person for having you in my no. life. And I do miss you. I know being a retired cycling instructor, it's hard because I miss out on my cycling fam. But I'm glad that you were able to join our podcast fam and share your story and share a little bit of your, your heart with us today. Absolutely. Please make sure that you continue to give Kirk some orange juice and tell him that <laughs> there is no check passing Check that blood out. sugar. Check his blood sugar and everything you do. Yeah. Hey, friend, it's so great chatting with you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. That was fantastic. I can't imagine what I would have done if my husband had passed out. I would have probably never forgiven him. Uh, yeah. Well, who am I kidding? Probably. Uh, I, I get never have forgiven. <laughs> How are you going to steal my thunder? Uh, yeah. This is my time. Exactly. There is something about being like, hey, I'm the one on the table, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's supposed to be about me today. <laughs> right. And the first story, you know, she planned for it. She prepared for it. She was in labor for quite a long time. Yeah. And our next friend is actually a friend of yours. And she had the exact opposite the exact opposite experience, kind of similar to yours, but a little, a little extra crazy Ooh, in I'm the excited. middle. Yes, I'm excited so, to hear it. Yeah, so Deontay, she's a mom of three kids, uh, and each of them have a wildly different uh, L&D story. We've just kind of picked the one that's the most fun to share today. Um, but she and her husband, they are living a real life sitcom, kind of raising their family. She's always entertaining her friends on social media with hilarious stories about their brood, and she also has a blog that she 
shares her stories on called One of Those Moms. Uh, She's a self-proclaimed social media junkie and a pop culture aficionado. And just as a little PS, she does the best real-time award show commentary you've ever found on social media. She's the only reason I still watch award shows. But she's here today to share one of her labor stories, my most favorite one. So, um, Deontay, welcome to the conversation. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. We're so excited to have you. Thanks. So I told Kanji a little bit. Kanji and I were talking earlier and she was sharing her story and she had I, what I had never heard of is a precipitous, a precipitous, precipitous labor. labor. And so she was telling me how she had her son within an hour of labor starting and she was like screaming in the car all the way to the hospital. <laughs> and it made me think of you. And I haven't told Kanji your story yet. So I'm going to let you kind of break down what happened with uh, your second child. Okay. <laughs> Deontay, wait, let me get some popcorn. I can't wait to hear this story. Yes. <laughs> so my second born, Miles, was born in the car. <laughs> in the and car. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's crazy because people are always like, how did that happen? How did you not know that the baby was coming? How did... And it was like the perfect storm. All of these different things played into that happening. So with my firstborn, my daughter, I ended up having to be induced at 41 weeks because she just was not having it. She was not coming. And in doing that, I I had a natural childbirth with her and I wanted one with Miles as well, but I didn't want to spend a lot of time hooked up to machines. I didn't want to be, you know, they put the monitors on you and they're trying to check you every two. I didn't want any of that. I wanted a very just kind of let my body do its thing. So I had a birth coach, my doula, whose name was Cindy, was going to come and we were going to, you know, labor at home as long as we could and wait until, you know, we were closer to go to the hospital so that the minute I walked in, they didn't hook me up to all of these machines and all of that. But the problem was, the big problem was I didn't know what labor was like. (laughs) We were just talking about that before you came on, Deontay Kanji was talking about how she wasn't sure if she was in labor when it first started. Yeah. And so, so what did your doula Cindy tell you? So um, we, you know, we had talked a couple of times. So early that afternoon, about three o'clock in the afternoon, I started having contractions, but they were really far apart. They were very light. And when that happened, I went to go run some errands. So I went to Walmart, I went to Target, I went and, um, you know, did a couple of things, came home, I took a shower, I did my hair and my makeup, and I called my best friend who was going to come and stay with my daughter, and I called my mom, and she comes over, and we're all just hanging out, and I'm hungry, and I know they're not going to let me eat later, so I order a pizza, and we're just hanging out, having like a big old party. Yeah, they is in charge of her labor. She was planning everything <laughs> Right. To a tea. That's right. I love it. Yeah, pizza delivery had Domino's yeah, on speed hungry. dial. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to be able to eat. And so, you know, ever, we're just kind of hanging out and I'm having contractions kind of sporadically. And my doula's like, hey, just, you know, keep me posted. Let me know what's going on. Okay. And then things kind of stall out. So I'm like, okay, really? Like, let's get this thing going. So <laughs> it's starting to get later. My mom goes home. Um, my girlfriend, my best friend decides to stay after all. And I'm going to put my daughter to sleep so that things get going. She'll be down for the count. My girlfriend can hang out and it'll be fine. Well, she's not having it either. So here's the other thing about me. So I nursed all of my kids forever. 
Um, oh, until wait, like, time out, Deontay. <laughs> when you say forever, um, I'm going to need a time frame. Is it a 2020 version of forever, which is really forever? <laughs> or is it an idea forever like two months? It depends on your probably your perspective. Okay. So I ended up nursing all of them until they were about three, about three years oh, old. That's forever. <laughs> that, yes. that is the new version. She, she was one of my sheroes that made me feel bad about not breastfeeding. Up, if you look up forever in the dictionary, Deontay, your picture is going to be right like, there hey, next to hey. Me with babies hanging off the boob. Yes. <laughs> so um, Sydney was two when Miles was born. And so I was still nursing her. And so I tried to get her to lay down at one point and nursed her and she wasn't having it. So she got up and I got up and the contraction started in again. So they're starting to pick up a little bit. I call Cindy and let her know. And, you know, she's going to head over to the house. Like, I think this is it. I call my doctor. I tell her. She's like, okay. You know, and they start getting stronger. Come on in. Give me a call. Let me know so I can head to the hospital. Okay, great. We're all hanging out. And I try again to nurse her. She's still not having it, but after nursing her, the contractions start to pick up. Now, here's one of those things. You think that you're completely in control and you've got this and you're completely aware and you know everything that's going on. Right. I had heard for years how nipple stimulation can increase your labor and kind of speed it up. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't know that was a thing. Me either. But that never occurred to me as I was nursing my daughter while I was oh. in labor. That you were turning up the volume without even meaning to? Had, didn't even... Turning up the volume, opening up the cervix. Wow. Didn't even click in my head. So um, I decided I'm going to labor in the water because I don't want a water birth. Never wanted one. Just not my thing. But I didn't want to labor in the water because it feels good. You got to run a bath, get in the bathtub. The, the contractions are getting stronger and stronger. And I look at my husband's in there and um, my doula Cindy's in there. And I said, I have to pee. And she's like, okay, but I couldn't <laughs> stand up. She helps me out of the tub. I sit down on the toilet. I pee. And then I'm like, okay, I need to get back in the water. And she's like, I think we need to head to the hospital. And she, uh -huh. you know, of course she's a doula. So she's very calm and even keeled. And, you know, everybody's kind of rushing around. I can, it's almost, it was almost like a movie because I could see everybody kind of moving around and, you know, they're doing all these things and I'm kind of moving in slow motion. Yeah. yeah. So I get dressed. I'm headed down the hallway. She's told my husband to bring towels and trash bags put those things in the car. My photographer is now at the house. Yes, ma'am. Yes, wait, let's, yeah, let's pause. She had a birth photographer, girl. So, oh, yes. This so, is how planned Deontay <laughs> Let's go back a couple of <laughs> steps here. So, Deontay, you had uh -huh. your best friend, your doula, Cindy, mm -hmm. your husband, your mom, your daughter, Sydney, the Domino's pizza man, <laughs> and, and yes, a birth photographer. photographer. That's right. You that old Entourage. <laughs> yes. So we're, you know, trying to trying to get moving and everybody's rushing around and I'm trying to get to the car. And as I'm headed down the hallway to get to the garage, a huge contraction hit me. Uh -oh. And so yeah. instead of going into the garage, I, I veered off into the bedroom and I'm laying on the bed, just leaning because this contraction is killing me and they can't find me. Uh -oh. <laughs> Where'd Deontay go? Because everybody expected me to be in, in the car. <laughs> Follow the screams. <laughs> so, uh, so Cindy comes in there and she's like, 
what happened? I said, I got a, had a really big contraction. She said, we need to go. Okay, great. Get in the car. My husband's driving. I'm in the back seat. She's in the back seat with me. And I can't sit down because it hurts mm. so bad. So I'm leaning, I'm on my knees and I'm leaning against the window. And in my mind, I'm like, I hope the door doesn't just suddenly fly. Open. That's all I could think of as, I'm, as my husband's backing out of the, of the driveway. So we're headed to the hospital. It's me, my photographer's following us, and um, Cindy's in the car with me. And we pass three hospitals oh. on the way. Oh, no. It's the middle of the night. My <laughs> husband, who is the most calm, even keel person you will ever meet, I lovingly tease him that he's the slowest moving man in America because he never does anything in her. He's <laughs> never, he's never in a rush. It's always me. I'm totally type A. I'm, you know, screaming at people. We got to go. We're going to be late. He's like, all right, just it's the middle of the night and he's driving 65. There's no one on the road. There's no one on the road. And I am in serious labor. Oh, man. So we're coming around the bend. We're about to get on the highway that leads directly to the hospital. And I feel my water break. Mm. And I said, the baby is coming now. And I, I mean, it literally felt like a water balloon fell out of me. Oh my it gosh. Just, I mean, it didn't even, I couldn't even tell you if I was pushing it. Just, I felt, I just felt it come out. And I said, the baby's coming now. You need to pull over. Here's my husband. Are you sure? Just a few minutes away. I think we can make it. He's like, let me put on the turn signal. Yeah, yeah. Like, are you kidding me right now? <sighs> and then right after he said that, my duel and I both at the same time pull over. <laughs> he pulls over, two pushes, and the baby is out of Miles is in my doula's hand. Oh, oh man. Baby Miles is here. It was here. just that fast. So after you had Miles, did you then drive to the hospital or did you have an ambulance come to the side of the road? We did have the ambulance um, come. And what's crazy is we had also called my mom to tell her and she just happened to meet us there on the highway. Wow. Super mom. And yeah. So, I love it. And what's crazy is, again, it was like a movie. I remember all of these kind of random details. But I remember my my photographer, Regina, comes to the to the car and my husband's on the phone, you know, I don't, I don't even remember who he was talking to, but she's on the phone with 911 and she's taking pictures and she's looking <laughs> around and she's spelling her name and she's telling the, she's giving the 911 operator landmarks because she's not exactly sure where we are. And I hear her describing the storage sign that she can see and here come the paramedics and here comes wow. a fire truck. And, you know, then they're, they have to deliver the placenta because the baby, you know. Yeah, that's the part. That's the part that we don't always talk about. The whole aftermath. Yes. <laughs> like all of this is happening in the back of my husband's wow. car. What, what kind of car did he have? <laughs> it was a uh, a Lincoln something. I don't even remember anymore. Did he sell it right after the birth? <laughs> that would have been the next day. <laughs> right? No. Um, and in fact, um, when we finally did sell it, Miles was very, very sad. Oh, that's where he was born. That's, that's my car, mommy. <laughs> no, I know. Listen, so that would have been sold the next day. So, so did you manage to get those towels and trash bags down or did you have them in a pile in the car? Uh, no, I mean, they were laid, you know, out 
across the back of the seat. But wow. I mean, there was still quite the mess to, to be clean. Yeah, that's a lot of mess for sure. For yeah. sure. Uh, so we arrive after that. So here come the paramedics. They load me into the back of the um, ambulance and take me to the hospital. And we, you know, called my doctor. And what was funny is as they're wheeling me in through the ER, I hear the nurses going, you know, I can hear them talking about me like, like I'm some <laughs> crazy person. They're like, that's the one. I think that's her. <laughs> She's holding a baby. That's her. And my wow. um, my OB's standing there and she's just looking at me like, did this just happen? Like, how did this? She said this look on her face like, what? what? How did you even do this? You said, I said no machines, guys. I, I, I said know. no machines. So I guess that's one question I have. So when you get to the hospital, since you've avoided all of the normal like IV machine stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, do they hook you up to anything or they just make sure everybody's good? Um, I I honestly don't remember. I don't um, think that they did because I remember I know that I was moving around and I know I gave him a bath and I was about to fight with the nurse because she didn't want to let me do it. And I was like, listen. <laughs> I just had a baby in a car. Yeah, he's mine. So, so I'm going to calm down. Um, so, um, but, and even my OB was going to let me go home, except that they have to keep the baby for 24 hours. It's not right, usually right. concerned about right. it. It's the baby. That's yeah. what I experienced. Yeah. The baby had to stay for a day. Yeah. And so um, she's like, and I wasn't leaving my baby. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But she was like, I mean, I'll let you go, but you need to check with your pediatrician. I was like, yeah, they're not going to let me go. So yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just so crazy. It just happened like so quickly. And so, it was just a blur, really. Yeah, but he was born healthy, no issues, correct? No, none at all. He's perfectly healthy. He's my um, neediest child, which may or may not be because he was born in a car. He's also the middle child, so it's probably a little bit of that, too. But yeah, it just, it was one of those things that you could never, I never would have predicted that. You never could have, even as we were getting in the car to go to the hospital and I knew I was, you know, the baby was coming. There's no way I would have thought that he would have been born in a car. Yeah. And now that gets to be your fun party story when everybody plays that game and they say, tell us one thing nobody will know about you and we've got to figure out who it is. Yep, yep. <laughs> two, two truths and a lie. That's right. I had a baby in a car. That's right. And what's <laughs> funny too is, and so that is always the thing that we we do, you know, if you go to school and the teachers are like, oh, tell us something about Miles. I'm like, well, he was born in a car. And they're like, what? <laughs> but we, um, the exit that he was born at is actually now the exit where we live. Oh, oh I love that. That's which is fun. just random because, I mean, we lived 10 miles from where we live now and it just happened to be right at that exit. And every time we pass by, I'm like, look, Miles, there's where you were born. Oh, <laughs> and you fun. wanted to move closer to the hospital for the third oh. one. Because <laughs> we already know how your husband drives. So just to make sure, was this I before mean, you were, we, come on, Deontay, let's be real. Yes. Just move a little close to the hospital. Cover all your bases. <laughs> <laughs> that way we don't turn. yell at him when he uses the turn signal. That's right. right. Yes. Well, we didn't move closer to the hospital until after the third one was born. And ah. while we made it to the hospital in time, we did not make it back to the delivery room. So, girl, minor details. Quick, <laughs> quick. Yeah, but you know what? Those details are what makes it fun. And we share the stories with our kids as they get older. And I, I'm sure that Miles knows this story backwards he and does. forwards, which is great that each of our kids 
are able to kind of tell their unique story of how they entered this world to chart their own path. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I, I really think that does give them kind of a, a sense of self-worth and it gives them that feeling that they didn't just appear here. Like you were wanted. We wanted you to be here. We went through all of these things to get you here. Yeah. When I talked to my my son about playing for him, the screams that were recorded when I was <laughs> pushing him out of my special lady parts. That's it's right. like, listen, if I didn't love you, he's like, mommy, do you love me? If Listen, if I didn't love you, I would not have gone through everything. That's that right. With you. That's exactly. right. And, but this is something that that is able to bond all of us as mothers together. Let's think about it. Every human being on this planet was born from a woman. Yep. Every single human being came from a woman. So the bonds of motherhood are what make us special. Yeah. Because we have the unique experience of bringing human life into this world. Mm -hmm. And we have to remember that each of us are on our own motherhood journeys because each of us, we have different ways that our kids came into this world and they're going to chart their own path once they're in this world. That's right. You know? That's so, true. That's Absolutely. It. Hey, Deontay, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Yes, thank You're you welcome. so much, Deontay. I appreciate you coming on. It's so good to talk to you. Absolutely. It was good to talk to you, Tara. I miss you. Me too. I want to have Domino's pizza for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Got us in the mood now. Yeah, thank there you, you so much. Have a good one. All right, you too. Have a great one, new friend. Thanks. Bye-bye. I'm glad that she listened to herself and listened to the doula. Oh, yeah. You know, because a a lot of times we discount what we're feeling. Right. We start to discount what we're going through. It's like, oh, no, no, I've done this before. But she knew that with her second child, it was different. It felt different. Well, and, you know, that was, you know, what she shared earlier about her. Her first child was induced. And so she didn't have like the natural early onset. It kind of was done for her. So it's so, you know, you have to think about that. Like, oh, I have done this before, but I really haven't done it like this. You know, it's totally different. So strange. So how? do you know Deontay? Deontay is another one of my internet friends. We've talked about my internet friends. <laughs> and Terry, we need to get you real life friends. You know, so Deontay and I met on a message board when we were both engaged and about to be married. And it was like a local bride's message board. Now she and I have met in real life over these you curate years. friends on the internet. I curate friends from all over. And I curate friends in cycling studios. Uh, we, that's we right. Know, yeah. That's right. We have our places. We have our places. <laughs> that's true. And I'm glad that your place is right here with me now. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to so start excited. getting and trolling internet boards to find out if you're cheating on me <laughs> and having new friends. Don't you dare. I would never. I would never. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to hold you to that. How's the marathon training going? It's been tough these last few weeks because we're basically living in the hottest place on the planet right now. So running outside is not my favorite thing to do. But I've been able to get a little bit in and and uh, I'm hoping by September in the next couple of weeks, I'm, a, I'm about halfway into the mileage. So I'm doing all right with it. It'll it'll catch up. We will continue to check in on you and your half marathon training. Yeah, the dog in. days of summer winding down. Labor Day signals the official end of summer. And it's crazy because When I was growing up, we used to go back to school after Labor Day, but our kids here have been in school for several weeks and Labor Day, it's also a time just to think about not only the end of summer, but new beginnings. New beginnings. I always think of September that way. Um, And I know people talk about that. I don't know if it's because you grow up going to school for so long and then, you know, back to school turns into like this brand new start kind of thing. But I always feel like I'm kind of starting a fresh 
turn the page after Labor Day. Can you still wear white after Labor Day? Listen, I don't follow those kind of rules. You don't follow any rules. I will wear white whenever I want to wear white, girl. And that's hardly ever because I spill, so (laughs) (laughs) don't wear white that much. I'm not going to do what people tell me to do, but I just tend to spill things That's right. I don't wear white not because of the rules, but because I am a mess. That is why I don't wear white. (laughs) Wear your white. Wear whatever you want to. How has your week been going so far? I had a fantastic week. You know, it was a very challenging week that we just completed. We had the death of of, of Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Georgetown University, and this week we lost uh, Coach John Thompson, who was kind of a father figure to all of us on campus when oh, we were so there. And sorry. I remember him just checking in with me when I saw him on campus. He would make the time to to be an, and he was such an inspiration for the black students at Georgetown and just an inspiration for people in general. Well, I had support from Georgetown, it's no question. Some people at Georgetown, let me make that very clear. You know, it, it worked out. It, it, I mean, it wasn't easy. It was a very difficult thing because there are a lot of sociological entities that enter sure, into it sure. when an African-American gets a job at a school that uh, wouldn't even take that African-American right. as a player. And losing those two icons within a couple of days of each other mm-hmm. made me just appreciate life a little bit more this week and kind of took some time to celebrate and honor them. Yeah. You know, and their passing and, 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 the, and the contributions that they made to society while they were alive. Um, losing Black Panther was, you know, the black hero. And that was really hard last week. Yeah. Superpower you wish you had in real life. Um, I wish I could freeze time. Freeze time? Freeze time. Stop. Stop time and then move around and do stuff and then come back in. Yeah. Wow. And Chadwick Boseman in 10 years. Hopefully I'm just happy. It was really tough. Um, my son heard the news and and he loved Black Panther and loved that movie, loved that character. And we were just also shocked about it and just so grateful that we had him and that, yeah. and, uh, you know, in awe of knowing that while he was, you know, making those movies and showing up in such a big way, for representation, you know, fighting his own battles and just nobody realized. And pushing through it. And it wasn't just that he portrayed Black Panther. Right. You know, on the big screen, he played James Brown Mm -hmm. in Get On Up. He played Jackie Robinson in the movie 42. And my husband shared with me that he actually died on Jackie Robinson Day. I knew that. Yes. Well, he just recently played Thurgood Marshall, which I haven't watched that one yet. I haven't watched that one either. Yeah, I need to check that one out. I will will likely do that as well. Um, So we have some movies to add to our list and things to add. Uh, Maybe we can have those as topics of discussion uh, when we meet back here, same time, same place (laughs) next week. Yeah. So family, thanks again for joining us for another episode this week. We appreciate all that you do. If you're a mother, if you're just someone that's found this podcast and just wants to listen in and wanted to listen into our labor and delivery stores. <laughs> I mean, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> it's like the mate prevents you from ever being a mother by listening to some of the stories you were told with no motherhood. It starts in really crazy, weird, quirky ways. Yeah. And it just goes downhill from there. Well, and it just proves like from the very beginning, you can't plan any part of any it. Any part of any it. Any part of it. That's, that's exactly what the takeaway is. Yeah. Yeah. You cannot plan any part of the motherhood experience because 
you just know, not you in charge. Me. Yes. <laughs> just not in charge. Not in charge of anything <laughs> except for always ordering Domino's pizza. That's that's the constant in the motherhood journey. Absolutely. Thanks again for joining us on another episode this week. And thank you so much again for supporting and listening. Oh, we're so excited to see the feedback and the comments. As usual, if you could leave us a five-star review and comment and let us know how you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple or on Google and on Spotify, you can follow us. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. And Tara, thank you. Thank you. Take good care, family. Oh, right. oh, I cannot believe you did that so quickly without an epidural. Oh.